TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and boy, oh boy, man, oh man, girl, oh girl, child, sweet child of mine, this is a major surprise. The legend, <laughs> the guru, the Greek god, the too Italian much, too much. stallion oh my of god. wellness and longevity, oh, Dr. Damien Christoph. Welcome back. How are you, brother? Piercy, great. Thanks, mate. Great. Thank you, mate. There's so much cheese, mayo, and sprinkles on that introduction corn, these days. I'll corn, tell you what. It's corn. corn it's, <laughs> it's got everything. There's more corn in that intro than in a tin of edgels, I've got to tell you. And if anyone's anyway, wondering, we're saying we're corny and we're cheesy, so there's lots yeah. of corn. There's lots yeah. of cheese, and we're not apologizing for it, even if you can't digest <laughs> the stuff and you're dairy intolerant. Yes. We don't care because we love yes. being corny and cheesy. Take some enzymes. It'll help you. But uh, PC, great to be back and great to be recording. Great to be recording again. And um, I've been reflecting. Been reflecting. I actually had a great golf game the other day and I was reflecting about that and had a bad golf game today and I'm reflecting about that. But I have been reflecting (laughs) about the things that I've been able to change um, since coming back from our last trip. And I know when people, you know, hear this, they kind of go, oh, you've heard all this before. But I tell you what, it's an evolution. And I was looking at a photo today. Brett Hill posted up on Facebook. G'day, Bretto, if you're still listening to us. If you're still listening, we're saying g'day to you. Shout out to you. And LT, if you happen to just stumble across this one, shout out to you too, LT. Um, There was a photo of Brett kissing LT on the cheek at the Wellness Summit. And uh, that was on Facebook. And that was 30th of August, seven years ago. That was Can you believe that? Anyway, a lot of reflections to have you know to happen as a result of that because I think about how far I've come as a person in those seven years, and then I think about how far I've come as a person since you and I are doing these trips to both Ikaria and Sardinia, and then running those little events that we've done from time to time. You know what we've shared with people. Um, and how that's also then gone on to change their lives and their perspectives. And, you know, we get feedback from that all the time. So I've been reflecting about, you know, what's actually changed for me and Amber and even Jackson um, in the way in which we view our um, our world back here in Melbourne town or Jackson now in Singapore. But, uh, you know, in Melbourne town, what, how has that impacted our life and, and what we're, you know, we think about and how we, we play out life? And, and I wonder whether or not you're feeling the same. Do you reflect on on what you've learned and, you know, what we teach? Well, what I wrote down in my diary today is that it's two months since you and I came back from Ikaria and Sardinia. And for everyone listening, um, if you think of any personal growth event you've done, you came to a wellness summit, you made a difference, you had a big aha, what's really interesting is to look, you know, a week, a month, two months, two years down the track and go, well, what difference has that experience made on your life? And Mm. I think it's great. Um, uh, again, it might seem self-indulgent that you and I are going to have this conversation, but I think for everyone listening, it's an invitation to go, what um, what shifts have you made over your time? What has stuck? What hasn't stuck? That's always really interesting, what you continue with and what you don't. But the other thing is we had a very special time together in the flesh 
uh, for three weeks together. And and in really exciting news, in less than a month, you and I are going to be together again in Melbourne. I believe yeah. in Sandringham, venue yeah. TBC. Uh, possibly Brighton. Somewhere, yeah. possibly Brighton. Somewhere yeah. in Melbourne, somewhere Bayside. Um, yeah. We are coming together on Wednesday. I just better get the date right. 20th. The 20th of September. Yeah. Um, to not just share, again, not really just to share what we've learned. We'll show lots of photos and videos of our, of our time um, around these Blue Zone communities, but to actually lay out a pathway on how to live a great long life in Australia. Because if I think about my learnings, Damo, it's that we live a bloody long time in Australia and most of our friends and family have a terrible time of it for the last 10, 15 years of their life. And I want absolutely nothing to do with that. Yeah, same. The trips to Europe kind of just strengthen that resolve every every year and there's always different stuff so yeah i'm really curious to know what's sticking with you from either recent trips or or trips gone by um and in a bid that that will inspire people to think about their own life and if i didn't mention it that event on wednesday september 20 tickets at 100 notout.com you'll see the link there 100 notout.com so yeah damon what comes up for you like almost like headlines what's the big stuff that you go yeah that's sticking that's been a shift well, a lot of perspective comes up for me, so I can see I continue to be reminded of perspective. Um, you know what's important, what's not. You know what to get. You know churned up about what not to get churned up about. Um, and then I suppose what's what's you know worth. I, I suppose you know moving towards is is what I I think about because often in health you run away from. You know you run oh. away from disease. Um, or you run away from you, you know you exclude something from your diet or your lifestyle, or you, yeah. you, you know, you stop having coffee, or you, um, you know, or, wine a, you know, or chocolate, or yeah, a lot of dairy. a lot of you know, the language around health and well-being in our space, PC, over the last at least decade has been what we need to avoid, um, yes. as opposed to which means that you run away from the disease, or you run away from ill health, or you run away from symptoms or whatever it is, as opposed to moving towards a lifestyle or moving towards a habit or moving towards um, health, health, you know, imagine moving towards health, um, these sorts of things. So for me, it's like, what do I, what do I include in my life to help me um, be better? And what do I include in my life that helps me be healthier and, and um, better functioning. So that's kind of where I've been reflecting, you know, of late. What have I included as opposed to not what am I running away from these days? So, and, and it's a, it's quite an um, interesting thing to, you know, to reflect upon because quite often we think about, oh, yeah, well, um, I'm going to, I, I want to change my body composition. So I'm going to, I'm going to fast, which means I've got to remove, you know, calories from my diet. Um, well, I've, I've not maybe some of my, one of my mates is calling me snacks at the moment because he wants to get in my head. He reckons, he reckons I put on some weight, but I feel like um, I'm eating more like the Sardinians, which would include more bread and pasta and, you know, those sorts of foods and my weight's not changing, but I'm feeling stronger in my body, you know? So I'm, I'm thinking about that. So I'm including different things in my diet that are giving me different outcomes, which is quite surprising. I'm, re- I'm really quite um, happy about it. And, and I think if um, if I'm listening to you as well, if you're speaking another language and I attempt to translate it, 
it would actually say that there's a conviction there that is completely label agnostic. Like mm-hmm. you do not care if it's paleo or ketogenic or low carb or whatever you want to, you're just going, no, I'm just listening to my body and I'm yeah. feeling stronger for it. And regardless of whether it's, you know, 14, 10 or 15, 9 or 16, 8, you just <laughs> actually not even putting yeah. the time and effort into yeah. or the sorry, the energy into that because there's yeah. a conviction that um you're just you're just listening to your body. And again, coming from that chiropractic perspective, that innate intelligence, which is very much a part of every single one of us, and so many people have it in many ways, you know, um, stop listening to their body and instead they're listening to other, you know, gurus. Um, It sounds like that conviction for you is stronger than ever. Yeah, yeah. And more so, like it keeps on getting stronger. So I remember coming back from Ikaria the first time um, and including, you know, different items in my breakfast, you know, so having scrambled eggs with um, olives and chopped tomato and a lot of olive oil and yogurt on the bowl and a plate and feta. Yeah, feta, yeah, um, samphire, you know, just little things that, you know, we kind of put in on, on a plate that we would all then serve from. So that then became like a foundation for breakfast, so it shifted. And then um, dinners coming back from Ikaria were, you know, everything was served in their kind of individual um, components and that family style of eating where we sat around and we just bring that food from those individual plates onto our own plate and would serve up the amount of food that we wanted to eat um, based on how we felt that night, which interestingly um, kind of, you know, you kind of eat according to how you feel and with your kids, they tend to eat a bit more surprisingly because they put what they want on their plate and then they eat a bit more afterwards because they mm-hmm. ate what they enjoyed. It was really quite fascinating to a little experiment. Um, so there was portion size correction and then there was um, food design correction and it was really very innate the way in which you actually built it on your plate. So where I've you know developed the Palm Method eating program to help you with um, a more physiologically accurate you know, your own physiology, accurate portion size selection for your body on your plate, like that the innate version of that is to select what it is that you feel like eating from the foods that are most appropriate for you to be eating, you know, at that time of the day. So you create your meal, you know what's got to be in it, protein, fats, carbohydrates, and then you put the portions on your plate according to the way in which you feel. Um, and, and I really feel like that seems to work quite well. Um, particularly if you're a bit dialed in, um, so that, I think that's interesting. I what this feels like a demo and and blue zone or Ikaria Sardinia combo is um listening to you talk about the palm method, you know, protein, fats, and carbs. I know now I am constantly like, do I feel like proteins, fats, or carbs? And someone said the other day they're like, oh, that's a really interesting way to think about it. And I was like, well. I feel like I learned that from Damo and it was actually encouraged in, I always remember in Ikaria, they would say, if you put, you know, meat and three veg on the table, yeah, you let your kids, you don't go, well, you have, you know, one drumstick, two bits of white potato, two bits of sweet potato and some broccoli and some carrot. And yeah. child number two, you have two bits of this, two bits of that and two bits of that. You put yeah. it all out on the table and on any given day, one said child might want more fats or more carbs or more protein, and another time it's a different combination. 
Yeah. And that's that's this beautiful ownership of not being so controlling is not the word I want to do, but it's like we've been raised to just be you spoke about like portion design, but we've yeah. been raised uh, culturally to kind of, you know, um, uh, feed everyone, like set everyone's table, set everyone's plate for them. But from a very simplistic manner, culturally, it's just not done in Ikari. I don't think I've ever seen any meal served up in like your plate, there's your dinner. It's actually always yeah. done in in platters. Yeah, absolutely. A, it's like counterculture to to how we are counter. It's just not how we're really raised to prepare food here. No, no, not at all. But it's really nice. It's really nice. And I remember, if you remember um, the Legos um, or the Dolmio ads um, on, you know, so you had Legos, Legos El Dentico um, <laughs> ad, and you had the Dolmio ads, and yeah. the mama would bring out the big serve of pasta and put the big serve of pasta in the middle of the table and everyone ho- ho- hoed into it, you know, like they just went for it. And that was such a foreign thing for me to see, but I didn't realise what I was looking at until now we've come back from Sardinia, we've come back yeah. from Ikaria, and that's kind of a European way to eat. Correct. So for us it was always, well, mum would serve up the pasta, she'd say, how hungry are you? And we'd go, with this hungry? And they go, she'd just put it on our plate. And then um, she'd put this, the bolognese sauce on top of that, um, and then we'd just, chow it down you know then that was our portion size as opposed to eating what was you know probably what what we would have otherwise felt like we could have eaten or should have eaten you know yeah so for like anglo for a better term anglo australians that have never really grown up with family style dining it's actually a really yeah. adjustment for a lot of people yeah. they can't whether it's how they feed their kids or how they feed themselves yeah it's like it's a monumental shift as silly as it sounds and the other part of that is everyone eating together at the table no TVs, no tech, um, just sitting down. And again, yeah. it's not that everyone has to talk and it has to go forever. That that I don't think is is necessarily the point. It's that people prioritize being around each other, which for a lot of people, I'm talking to people all the time where they're like, oh, I've raised my children to eat dinner in their bedrooms because that's how I ate. And now yeah. I'm realizing that that's not the way necessarily to do it or We've always had dinner in front of the TV, but now I'm realizing that that's not really the way to do it. And it sounds really simple, but this is why I say like culturally, like those two examples I just gave have never really been, um, uh, you know, challenged. And I think, you know, uh, whenever we go away, there's always parts of our lives that are challenged. The one that gets me a lot is movement, how much incidental movement there is um in Ikaria and Sardinia and I always remember the chiropractic association many years ago did um uh, a campaign around how much we sit yeah and I think it was yeah. like on average we we're only standing for like 70 minutes a day or something or maybe not even that much and it was yeah. like you, know, you wake up and you sit down for breakfast and you hop in the car and you're sitting in the car and you go to work and you get out of the car and you're sitting at your desk and then you work all day and you I'm back in the car and then you get out of the car and you're sitting at the table for dinner and then you walk to the couch if you can be bothered and you sit down and watch TV and yeah. then you might have a bath, sitting down having a bath or lucky enough to stand up in the shower and yeah. then go to bed. And, <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, they actually um, created two apps 
to help that with that, you know. And so, big shout out to the ACA here. Um, if you if you're looking for this, there's there's a, an app called Straighten Up, and then there's another app called Just Start Walking. Oh, um, nice. And both of those apps are free, and they they enable you to set prompts to, um, and also little trackers and how you know you, you can sort of map what you're doing. So you don't need to have to have you know health tech to wear to tell you what you're doing. These apps actually help you do a better job of that. So if you go to chiropractors.org.au, um, you'll be able to download those apps. And I think actually, in fact, you can find them um, on the on the app store, whether it's, you know, the Google one. Yeah, or cool. That's great. I'm going to do that. So you can just go there. Because post Ikaria and Sardinia this year where we both we did a lot of hiking and, and quick uh, shout out because we haven't really given this a big nudge yet because we've been uh, – doing a lot of registrations by word of mouth. Ikaria 2024 is August 22 to 31. And yep. Sardinia is the next day, September 1 to 10. You can yes. join us on one or both trips, all the details at 100notout.com, 100notout.com. But when I came back from this trip to Europe this year, you and I had done a lot of walking. And my hip, which is which is a bit clunky, was so good whilst we were over there. And I was like, because we did so much incidental movement. So much movement, yeah. And and at home, nowhere near as much. So I came home going, right, you know, 10,000 steps a day, uh, ride my bike to town instead of driving to town, go for walks as often as I can, whether it's 10 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever. But for a one-hour walk the other day, a 6K, and I was like, it, I walk 6Ks very often. And I was like, mm. that's a bit alarming isn't it like how many of us do not walk six k's straight like yeah it, it, and it doesn't sound that stupid but it, it'd be quite a rare occurrence for a lot of people wouldn't it yeah 100 percent. almost no one would do that almost no one these it's days because we, we drive instead yeah get a train or a tram or whatever but well we're just running everything down to the last second or the last minute so you know, most people are, are working by a clock uh, and trying to fit so much into their day and just doing it, you know, down to, it, you know, literally everything goes meeting to meeting, back to back, you know, I'm back to back all day. I've got meetings all day or whatever, you know. So, um, what about, well, you just mentioned time. How would you say your relationship to time has changed since we started doing this work? Because I feel like you've just made transformational decisions in your life design, particularly around golf, work, and family. But yeah. like, how's your relationship to time changed? Because a lot of people do feel stressed. They're behind time, overwhelmed, busy, and so time poor is the word. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think I've been more careful to uh, create space. Um, and in the past, and I still do this, I still say yes to every every question. So if somebody says, oh, can you help me with this? And I, I, my immediate answer is yes. Um, but I'm much more careful with where I place things in my day so that I don't, I don't have to rush or to and fro to things, you know, to, so, um, that means I'm less likely to be late and I'm less likely to be stressed about getting to places and doing things. So, um, but that comes down to a pace of life thing as well. So, and I'm always challenged by this because I've got friends, you know, I'm about, I'm, you know, I'm 50 almost, and I've got friends that are still driving really hard in their careers and really just really trying to build it and get, you know, runs on the board. And, and so they're packing their life so full and so tightly because their life has been geared according to houses or schools or cars or 
holidays, whatever else. So they've got to keep up that income. And I'm often challenged that I could be working more days. Like I could be working more days and I could be seeing more patients and I could be doing more presentations and seminars. And then I think to myself, yeah, I did that and I didn't feel good from it. Like the exchange yeah. of it wasn't that great. So my my income generation is way more modest than what it could be. And I've got to continue to remind myself that what I'm trying to create in my life is a balance of work and recreation um, and family, and and all of that can work really well together. But it's it's a constant. It's a because of my biases and my education and my desire to please. Um, it's a I'm a con, I'm constantly challenged and I'm constantly reminded that I that I'm trying to set this up for myself. So it's a work in progress. I'm always trying to do it. But it's because I enjoy the piece of the the pace of life from Ikaria and Sardinia, um, and it's something I have to work on. So, and I think there's a really key thing, Piercy, because when we go there, we slot right into that lifestyle. But and it's not a holiday for us, but it, we're away from the pace of life. And so, in order to create some of what it is that's over there, we need to bring some of that back. And so, I've got to be really mindful of what it is that I want to be creating. And that's a different pace. And and that's hard because, you know, what I want to create because I've experienced it um, is really different to what someone else sees me trying to create because they might not have experienced it the same way that I did. And so that can be a little bit ruffling. So yeah. you've got to be a little bit mindful I, of that. I love this. And I, and I feel like you were just saying words exactly out of my heart and soul as well, is that this is an ongoing process. And what I would say to everyone listening is, if you feel like that you never succeed in the day, like that you got this list of things to do and you never feel fulfilled by um, your to-do list because you've run out of time, this yeah. is the challenge that I think um, these longevity cultures, uh, and it's not even these cultures, it's when you go to a lot of places that have a lot of tradition and history, their approach to time is so different. And it's we have a time versus money culture or a time is money culture, whereas mm. In, in a lot of these cultures, like time is opportunity to uh, generate fulfillment and connection. So one thing that definitely got me and I think it, it got you as well is like we see it so much when they come home from work, they are home. They will right. have a glass of wine with friends, family, whatever. They'll sit down, how's your day, whatever. They really have mastered the art of being able to switch off from work. So I know for me, I don't do work at night. There might be three nights a year where I might host a webinar or have something pretty random come up but like that was a real thing of like just just be a family man at night at the phase of life that i'm in particular i'm not an empty nester i'm the opposite of and just be really at ease and at peace with that because you go to these cultures and it's like they sink into 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 that really well rather than trying to be everything to everyone and i look at what you've done from a professional uh, perspective in terms of you run Vita, but you've really prioritized golf in a way that is so it's like inspiring because I think you've done it in a way, like you said, you could open Vita more and play golf less and have more money and all the rest of it. But you, you, you've had that epiphany or that awareness of like what the, what the cost of that is. And, and so to a point, like what I know I've done is I've become a bit of a calendar Nazi because I feel like in a way I could say yes to everything, but I need to put my slow time in the calendar so that I can see that I'm booked out. Like I've got a 4.30 appointment. It's with my family and it goes till 10 o'clock at night until all the kids are bed. And I've had some 
you know, time and read a book myself and whatever. And a little and bit of dark chocolate and cup of tea. A little bit of dark chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah. That, that, is, that is a philosophy that I think. It's a routine it, and a philosophy. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, it's great. it, it, it yeah. stares you down when you're away in Ikaria, like because we're having long dinners and we're, we're on the down ramp at night. We're not ever ramping up unless we're at a Panagetti. We're on the mm. down ramp and you, you go, all right, I think I'll just leave the dining table and go to bed and take it easy. Like you think, oh, I do that at home. It's like, mm. well, you know, you get off the work train. Like, who does really good work at night? It's really hard to do high quality work at night. You get off the distraction train and you just find, you know, people that you want to connect with, or maybe it's just having time to self, whatever it is, but it is a discipline. And I think every time, you know, you and I go there, we probably come back with other other strategies to be more present and conscious at our time. Because like you said, it's a work in progress. And I don't think that will ever change. Yeah. No, you're right. But it also, um, every podcast that we do, I reckon, is um, educating, educational. Um, yeah. Hey, anyway, look, little shout out here. Um, long-time listener, Dan Ald. Um, he sent a little message to me today while I was on the golf course. Um, and he said, loving the Pete Smith episode. He actually said Peter Smith, but I just shortened that. Peter Smith episode. I love that. Um, inspirational, normal bloke. The bit about balanced diet versus veggie is also very well done. Exclamation mark. So thanks, Dan. Thanks for your little comments from time to time you send through. But I thought that was really relevant because, like, I, I suspect that when somebody feels compelled to write a note, like Jody did the other week, um, when they're compelled to write a note, something is enough that triggers them to think that, hey, either that's that suits me and and I can implement that or I can change, or that triggers me and I want to ask more questions about it. But that becomes a learning experience. So for Dan, it's possible that he took obviously he took inspiration from Peter, which is unbelievable and you should, um, and and easily could if you listen to it. Um, and then the bit about um, understanding the difference between vegetarian and balanced diet and all that sort of stuff, like having that as a rationale for when you listen to other information. So you could be listening to other longevity enthusiasts or longevity experts you know you might be listening to i don't know maybe <laughs> it's Huberman or whatever, right? <laughs> whatever whoever you might be listening to whomever but you now get to piece it and then work out you know what's relevant for you because you had another learning experience you know so it just helps you <laughs> you want to do an episode on the longevity experts dominating the planet with mm-hmm. all of the all the tech all the tech. Oh, well, man. no, 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 because I think no. there's, you know, there's some relevance in it. Because I reckon when we first started out, you know, even when I first started out in health and well-being, you know, it was all about, you know, what can I take? What can I do? You know, what it's actually in more, what can I take? What can I take from a supplement? What can I take in supplement-wise? And what can I take out diet-wise? You know, whereas these days it's like, how do I take less supplements and how do I do it better with food? You know, it's like totally different. And so like my approach and our approach to longevity is really different to that really heavy science-based approach, which if we go back to the roots of science, science should be helping us ask better questions. Mm. It doesn't necessarily provide all the answers. Answers are in the evidence and, and we see the evidence before us when we actually ask people that live to 100 years old. Well, They're the ones. Yes. They didn't science yeah. it. They didn't science yeah. anything. They just did it. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, I've got to wrap it up because we're going to run out of time, but there's so much. We've just opened up another can of worms oh, around 
Yeah. <laughs> we like worms. <laughs> we like worms because yeah. that shows good healthy soil. Um, yep. so we are in Melbourne together, a 100 Not Out lifestyle event, Wednesday, September 20 in Melbourne. Details at 100notout.com, 100notout.com. You'll need to click a link there. Uh, because we've also got other links fighting for space on the website. There'll be Ikaria, which is August 22 to 31. There's Sardinia, September 1 to 10. There's Melbourne, Wednesday, September 20. Uh, we would love to have you there. All the details at 100notout.com. Damo, thank you for sharing just some of the insights and lessons of the last uh, seven or eight years. Cannot wait to be in the flesh to give you a big patch. Give you a big hug and have some special time with you and uh, a number of our 100 on our community in Melbourne. Yeah, it's going to be great, PC. Looking forward to it and can't wait to see you down here. Welcome back to Melbourne and go D's in the final series. Come on, D's. That's right. We call it preliminary final week. It's anyone that cares about AFL, but in case anyone stopped listening, it has been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.